Welcome to Osteopathy Unplugged. I'm Steve Paul Estio. And I'm Bonnie Gintis Dio. We're American osteopathic physicians, and we're a married couple devoted to the practice and the study of osteopathic medicine. We developed Osteopathy Unplugged out of our passion for osteopathy and the recognition that our profession needs a more intimate conversation about who we are and what we do. Join us as we sit in conversation, talking about the inner and outer workings of osteopathy. Welcome to Episode 7 of Osteopathy Unplugged. Today's episode is To Find Health, the Osteopathic Imperative. Steve, why don't you get the conversation started? What is health? Isn't that a great question? Yeah. Most of us have never examined closely the vital phenomenon of health. Or, if we do ask, the answer is, it's complicated. The most common definition of health is to characterize it in the opposite. Health is the state of being free from illness or injury, or, more succinctly put, health is the absence of disease. But is it? Hmm. To me, defining health as the absence of disease is inadequate and insubstantial. As an osteopath, when I hear people say that health is the absence of disease, I'm amused. I find it laughable that our culture is so stuck in defining such an important biologic process as an opposite. Let me be clear. Health is not the absence of disease. From an osteopathic perspective, disease is the diminished expression of health. Osteopathy is a unique and special healthcare profession. We base everything that we do on knowing and experiencing the health in our patients. What truly distinguishes us from other healthcare professions is that health is our primary reference point rather than only focusing on disease. In 1899, the founder of osteopathy, Andrew Taylor, still declared, and I quote, to find health should be the object of the doctor. Anyone can find disease. What a radical outlook. What a perceptive insight. What an essential starting point. What an uncompromising endpoint. This apparently simple statement from Still defines the difference a DO makes. Our distinctiveness as a healthcare profession begins and ends with our commitment to find health. And I need to offer a qualifier. As osteopaths, we don't ignore disease. We just begin and then maintain an engagement with health. In general, a DO finds what's right the health, and then combines it with what's wrong, the disease. As osteopaths, we make an agreement with our patients to prioritize health. To find health is the purpose of an osteopath. To find health is the osteopathic imperative. When Andrew Taylor still stated, to find health should be the object of the doctor, anyone can find disease, I believe he created a paradigm shift in healthcare. This radical departure from the use of disease as the orientation of treatment was the single most important expression of osteopathic philosophy as it emerged as an enhancement to 19th century American healthcare. Osteopathy distinguishes itself no less today as an approach based on trust in the ability of the human body to heal itself and self-regulate given the proper conditions. Consider the possibilities for improving the quality of life with health as the reference point for your way of being, rather than just using the eradication of disease as your orientation for healthcare. 
This is not an easy task. Humans have a negativity bias. Our nervous system is primed to notice danger. Being acutely aware of what's wrong all the time favors survival, but in most of modern life, our survival as an individual is not at risk. When we live in a constant state of perceived threat, when we're not under constant actual threat, it leaves no room for creativity and adaptation. We need to be able to choose when it's valuable to look at what's wrong and when it's more helpful to choose a different reference point. This is what the imperative to find health is all about. In this episode, we will be exploring the biologic field of health in greater detail from this osteopathic perspective. We will dive deeply into the didactics of how we think and perceive as osteopaths, and we'll follow that with a series of three experiential sessions we're calling workshops that will guide you so that you will have a better understanding of health through experience rather than having us tell you what you should feel. This episode is the lecture presentation of the topic of health. It'll be followed by the first experiential workshop, a guided osteopathic meditation. Then we'll offer two different approaches to finding health. Both will be experiential workshops that you'll be doing with a partner. In the first one, we'll guide you through being receptive to perceiving health, allowing the health to find you. And in the last episode of this series of four, we'll explore removing the obstructions to health to augment your ability to perceive. With these four episodes, we will guide you into a receptive state where osteopathy in general and health specifically can find you and offer you an experience of knowing what health is. Before we get into the details of outlining health in the context of the osteopathic experience, I would like to tell a story that exemplifies one way to understand health as a biologic field. Early in my osteopathic education, I latched on to Still's edict to find health should be the object of the doctor. Anyone can find disease and devoted my life not just to understanding health, but getting it, knowing it, and to reproducibly finding it. To better understand the appreciation or lack of appreciation of health across professions, I asked all of my non-DO friends what they understood health to be. I asked my friends who were MDs, physical therapists, massage therapists, Chinese medicine practitioners, chiropractors, and homeopaths. Nobody got what we got. Other professions just didn't think or perceive like osteopaths. That is, until I met Howard Salve, MD. Howard was a famous gynecologic surgeon in Santa Cruz, California, who was, in the late 1990s and 2000s, one of the national pioneers in laparoscopic pelvic surgery. He's now retired. He was a brilliant doctor and surgeon. Once over dinner, I asked Howard if during surgery he had a sense of the tissues being healthy or not. He unreservedly replied, splaying his hands outward, tilting his head and smiling, with a twinkle in his eyes, saying, Of course. I knew the answer to this question as an osteopath. It's my job to find and use health to the advantage of my patients. I wanted to know if Howard knew. I wanted to know if he knew this osteopathic secret. I saw that the door had opened for a real conversation, not just a superficial chat, but an in-depth dialogue. But how I proceeded with my inquiry needed to be carefully calculated so as not to take him in a direction he would interpret as being alternative or new-agey or 
woo-woo. <laughs> I guided the early questions to topics of anatomy and physiology. I asked if before he made the first incision, did he palpate the skin and have a sense of tissue texture differences or color that mattered? He replied in a casual manner, tossing my question away with a flick of his hand, declaring, of course, I can have my first impression based upon this pre-incision state, but that's just a part, not the whole of my understanding. The last statement got me excited. That meant that he had some experience in an understanding of holism. Okay, now, once you have made that first incision, what impressions do you have of health for that patient? He said succinctly, there's a quality of the tissues when I cut into the skin, and I know then whether this patient will heal easily and rapidly or slowly and with potential problems. He further explained that based upon his preoperative history and physical examination, he already had an idea of how healthy or not that this patient was, but it was often that first surgical incisive moment and the response from handling the tissues that gave him the essential information that he needed. I was excited at this point and had to contain my enthusiasm. I didn't want to scare him away. So, you can feel or see or smell some quality or quantity in the tissues that gives you some extra data. I have found that with MDs, if you throw around the word data, they like that and feel validated scientifically. <laughs> Howard replied, sometimes there might be a foul smell, but not often. A bad smell is a bad sign, but most of the time I can feel something more in the tissues. I loved his term, something more in the tissues. Me too. Is it a blood flow issue, I asked? He said, yes and no. Obviously, too much bleeding is not good. Aside from that, the issue is often too little bleeding, but that's not the whole story. Does healthy tissue feel different in your hands? He lowered his voice, grounding the conversation, and his definitive answer was, yes. At this point, I could hardly contain myself. He was close to revealing something big. I needed to proceed carefully and not insult him or make him defensive. We went back and forth, me asking several clarifying questions, followed by his vague answers. Finally, I hit the jackpot. He divulged. He revealed. He uncovered a secret known to DOs for over a century. Dr. Howard Salve, medical doctor and surgeon. A scientifically oriented physician said it. The it was succinct and beautiful. Howard nonchalantly said, In someone who's healthy, the tissues feel more alive. My next reply was important. I asked, Can you reliably feel that aliveness in the tissues? He looked me in the eyes with a knowing gaze. Then he paused. His vital answer, pun intended, was, Yes, of course. At this point, I was at a crossroads. I could sense his emerging discomfort. Howard is not stupid. I could immediately tell that he was beginning to put the entirety of the conversation together. And before he could counter his comments or qualify what he just revealed, I changed the subject. Howard, Remember that case I sent you of the woman with the very large dermoid ovarian cyst that had teeth and hair in it? <laughs> Good move. American physicians get squeamish when a conversation turns to what we might call the opposite of science, 
In some ways, I tricked Howard into revealing something that he knew, but he did not know that he knew. What he revealed was that there was something more in the tissues or an aliveness in the human body. He could feel that aliveness. Osteopaths call that health. Okay, now let's outline our definitions from the perspective of osteopathic philosophy. Bonnie, why don't you start this next discussion? I'd love to. I'd like to begin with a quote from Roland Becker, a noteworthy American DO, author of Life in Motion and the Stillness of Life. He was also one of William Sutherland's closest students. He wrote, and I quote, Health is a living principle in the living body, and it cannot be defined. We agree that health is a living principle. The issue is not whether or not health as a concept can be defined. A principle is a concept, and concepts are definable. It's our individual experiences of health that can't be defined or codified. By defining the concept of health, we're setting the stage for you to First, have a cognitive understanding of the concept. Then to be able to have your own experience of it. And then, finally, for you to be able to describe and communicate your experience when it's necessary to do so. This is what we mean when we say we want all osteopaths to be the author and authority of their own experience. Steve and I have both spent more than 40 years. We both began our osteopathic training in 1981 trying to define the concept of health and describe our experience of health in order to communicate with our patients and with students. We believe that this is an incredibly valuable, lifelong endeavor for all osteopaths. That's so important, I'm going to repeat it. We believe that this exploration of what it means to find health is an incredibly valuable, lifelong endeavor for all osteopaths. Everyone would benefit if we would frequently revisit the contemplation, what does it mean to find health? How do I find health? And then what? A simple set of words will never suffice to fully describe or define health, but you can have an experience that allows you to know it directly. When Still spoke of health, he meant something beyond normal well-being and optimal physiologic functioning. But like most things he spoke of, he didn't tell us how to get there. The way I've come to understand these words has been through exploring the philosophical principles in the context of the treatment process. And then, in addition to any ideas I was trying to understand, I learned to approach my patients with a sense of openness and curiosity and then allow the radical view of health to come to me. Steve, let's get into some specifics of our definition of the osteopathic concept of health. Okay, we need to go back to episode number three where we discussed osteopathic philosophy. We defined the second concept, health, in this way. The objective in osteopathic treatment is not just to identify and treat disease, but to find what's healthy and utilize the biologic field of health, both diagnostically and in treatment, actively engage a therapeutic process. Bonnie, how do you define the osteopathic concept of health? I can offer you a definition of the concept of health, but I want people to ultimately take these ideas and experience them in their own way. 
which you'll have a chance to do in the next three episodes, as well as in your practice and in your life. In this episode, we're offering you a map of the concept of health. When we talk about the concept of health, we're in the map. We are not experiencing the actual territory. Please don't confuse the map, the concept of health, with the territory, which is your patient's body. And please don't be discouraged if you're appreciating the map right now, but you haven't yet experienced the territory. Be patient, and your receptivity to the health as a reference point in diagnosis and treatment will set the stage for a deeper understanding through experience over time. Health is not a simple, tangible state. You can't learn about health by touching it directly. It's not like learning to palpate anatomic landmarks in the body. It is a nuanced experience you will develop as we guide you in the workshops and as you practice with your patients. In the same way that studying a map can be helpful before you visit a new country, discussing the health is helpful to prepare you for your own experience. For the purposes of this podcast, I want to clarify our language. Whether we simply say the word health or we add the definite article, the health, we're referring to this foundational sense of aliveness. We're not going to be discussing the state of wellness, which can vary. Health is an aspect of life that has expression as long as a person is alive, regardless of the presence of disease, dysfunction, or injury. Health has no opposite. It is unequivocally complete and present as long as you're alive. Now, what I'm going to say next is a tricky concept, but it's really important. The health we're talking about is not something you have to achieve or strive for. The expression of health can be altered, but health that we're talking about in this episode, health itself is absolute. If you're alive, health is expressing itself through you. This is a philosophical orientation that changes the way you perceive things. It is health that organizes and manages your response to whatever diseases or dysfunctions challenge you. Without health, there is no compensation and adaptation, and life ceases. Steve, your description of health as a biologic matrix is a really helpful way to frame this whole concept. Tell us more. Okay. I specifically define the concept of health as a distinctive biologic matrix within a living being that interfaces with every aspect of structure, with all of the physiologic processes, with the totality of all psychologic states, both conscious and unconscious. It is the milieu, the growth medium, or the nutritional source of the therapeutic process. The recognition of health as a reference point and the origin of healing is what makes osteopathy distinct from all other healing arts and sciences. Osteopathy did not invent health. We just identified it as a perceptual field and learned how to reliably access it for the benefit of our patients. Health is in the category of what we call the non-material. In episode three, we outlined osteopathic philosophy and we defined the eighth concept, material and non-material, in this way. There are two distinct and interrelated ways of perceiving during osteopathic diagnosis and treatment. The material field is tangible and contains the biomechanical elements that are formed by the palpable anatomy and physical functions that are objective and can be measured. The non-material field is invisible and refers to the subjective, 
bioenergetic elements that underlie the material form. The non-material field is the expression of subtle functions or inherent forces. The material and non-material fields coexist simultaneously and are unified in a dynamic state of connected oneness. Bonnie, you have some other things to say about health. Can you elaborate? Roland Becker and many other teachers of mine. The episode you've been listening to just faded out because you are not yet a subscriber to Osteopathy Unplugged. Please visit patreon.com slash osteopathy unplugged and become a subscriber in order to have full access to the rest of this episode as well as the complete collection. We have created a set of foundational episodes that will be available for free for everyone. These teachings provide an introduction to osteopathic clinical philosophy. However, the full versions of all episodes are only available through Patreon. Access Patreon through their app or through a browser page. Thank you for listening to Osteopathy Unplugged. And thank you for your interest in the osteopathic experience. Until next time, be well, listen deeply, and stay curious.